if I am a member of a gym and I break a piece of equipment in that gym, you know what I have to do? Just tell somebody and walk out the door. Just tell somebody and walk out the door because I'm a member of the gym and I pay my dues. So I get to just tell somebody and I walk out the door. If I'm the owner of that gym, then it is my responsibility to make sure that that piece of equipment is fixed. I take responsibility. As a member, you just walk out and go, you guys got a problem over here. But if you're an owner, you see a need and you meet it. You see what needs to be done and you do it. Everybody say, see a need and meet it. See what needs to be done and do it. That's what owners do. That's what owners do. If I'm a member of a country club and the air conditioning system goes out in that country club, then I can tell the management, hey, the air conditioner's not working and I can go home. As a matter of fact, I uh, was up in Virginia, just got back uh, last night speaking at a leadership conference there. Y'all know Dr. Jim Wall. He's here sometimes and has helped our church and been a consultant for our church. And I was up preaching at his church yesterday morning, teaching uh, a, um, a seminar session called Leaders or Learners. And uh, they put me in a, in a Holiday Inn Express. And I got to tell you, the next day in speaking, I was awesome because I'd stayed out of the Holiday Inn Express. I didn't have any notes, but I was still great, <laughs> you know, um, and humble. So, so I walk into this, uh, I walk into the foyer of this hotel, and they got fans everywhere. And I thought, oh, Lord. And the guy looks at me, and he's sweating. <laughs> and he's taking that, and I said, um, are the air conditioners broke down everywhere? He said, no, 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 all the room air conditioners are working. I said, thank you, Jesus. And uh, I said, I'm praying for y'all. And I went to my room. And, um, <laughs> and I got to do that because I had paid for that night in that hotel, but I wasn't the owner. So I felt sorry for them and went to my 68-degree room. But if I had been the owner, I would have had to fix that. I would have been responsible for that. Somebody was getting that worked on because they were the owner. Somebody was seeing to it. So if I'm, the, if I'm a member of a country club, the air conditioning goes out, I can go to them, tell them about the problem, and go home. When it comes to membership, which we call ownership here at the bridge, when it comes to membership, you make an investment in an organization, you pay your dues, and then after that, guess what? You expect services for your dues. But if you're the owner, you have responsibility. Responsibility to see that that air conditioner is fixed. Responsibility to make sure that all of the equipment in the gym is working properly because you own it. If you ask the average church member today in America why the church exists, I regret to tell you that most of them will say, if they're honest with you, that the church exists to meet their needs. 
As a matter of fact, some of them will say that and not even think about it. The church exists to meet my needs. But I'm here today to tell you that that is not how this church functions. And it's not how this church works. Now, i got to tell you, as I have prepared for this sermon series, a couple times I've went, God, you want me to say that? And God's like, yeah, I want you to say that. I mean, God, some people might leave if they find out it's not all about them. And then he said, you underestimate your folks. You underestimate them. So the foundation of bridge is different than what I just described to you. The foundation of the bridge is built on the premise, listen very carefully, that the purpose of the church, the purpose of the church is to glorify and honor God. Amen, amen. amen. That's the purpose of the church. Everybody say, church Church. is not not about me. Everybody just keep saying this with me. It is about honoring and glorifying God. So brace yourself, I'm about to say something, don't want you to be offended, but I'm going to say something that that might be a little bit hard to hear because this is not how most people think about church. How many of y'all know the bridge doesn't think about church the way most people think about church? The bridge is not primarily about the individuals in this church. Now we love you and I hope you feel that love and I feel your love for me, and you feel love from people around you. We care about each other, but the bridge does not primarily exist to meet the needs of individuals who attend our church. The bridge, rather, is about this body of believers collectively together displaying the glory of God. And we display display the glory of God here today. I mean, when the choir, when they went that mountain thing, that I thought they were done, and they went to one more mountain, and when they did, I got up. Because it just kept, they just kept building in that song. And by the end, man, I thought I, I knew I had on my preaching shoes. I thought they were going to become shouting shoes glorifying God together. I love it when we gather the way we are here this morning and we all sing and glorify God together. I love that, but we're going to glorify God when we leave here today because you're going to go to Bojangles and be nice. Amen, amen, amen. How many of you know glorifying God doesn't end here when we walk out the door? Glorifying God goes with us to the restaurant. Glorifying God goes with us everywhere we are and by the way we live and by our spirit and by our attitude, we glorify God in our home with the way we love and treat our family. We glorify God on our jobs. We glorify God on vacation. We glorify God when people are looking and we glorify God when nobody's looking. That's who we are at the bridge. We understand that church is not about us. Church is about a collective body, local church called the bridge, glorifying God together. So when we talk about ownership instead of membership, we're talking about you and we're saying to God, here's what we're saying to God. Here's here's how you express this whole thing of ownership. You're saying, God, I'm not interested 
in my rights as a member of your church. I'm interested, God, in my responsibilities as a servant in your kingdom. That's my focus. Now, I want to tell you, some people won't be able to handle this because some people, it's all about them. Now, look, when I'm down, I need you. And when you're down, you need me. I mean, it is about you to a degree, and it is about me to a degree. The reason I'm a part of this church family is because I want you to hold me accountable when I drift. I want you to be there when I'm sick. I want you to pray for me as a parent. I want you to pray for me as a husband. I want you to be there for me when I'm going through those dark valleys, and maybe you're not in the dark valley at that time. Maybe you're a little bit more mountaintop, and you can reach down in that valley and be a blessing to me. So don't misunderstand me. I'm not talking about that we don't serve each other and bless each other. As a matter of fact, Jesus said that the world out there will know you're my followers when they see how you love one another when they see how you treat one another. So don't misunderstand me this morning. But the focus isn't you. The primary focus of this church isn't you. One of the things that will kill the bridge is if the primary focus becomes about us. About us individually. Hey, listen, when it, comes about, when, when it becomes about us as a collective body, as a church, when we love ourselves more than we love our neighboring churches, when we don't see ourselves as a part of a worldwide body of Christ and we are just a local entity within that body, when we somehow think we're upper echelon, we are better, we're above, that's when it's going to fall apart for us. Do you all understand that? Do you understand that? So important to get that. So God, I'm not interested in my rights. As a member of the bridge, I'm interested in my responsibilities as a servant in your kingdom. So therefore, God, I'm going to invest my life in service to you. I'm going to invest my life in service to you, and I'm going to do it through a local body called the bridge. I'm going to do it through a local church called the bridge. I want you to get this. Now, I know we've said this in different ways, but I want you to get this one. Members focus on their rights and feel entitled to services. Not worship services. I mean being served. Members focus on their rights and they feel entitled to services. But owners, owners focus on their responsibilities and are compelled to not be served, but to act, to serve, to be a blessing. Now, I want you to understand as I talk about this, and you all know this, if you've been listening to me preach for any length of time, if you've been at this church for any length of time, you know that we are not about control in this church. Can I just ask, can I just take a little poll here? There's no camera on anybody. Uh, because I can raise my hand yes to this question I'm about to ask too. Have you ever been a part of a church that you felt like they kind of wanted to control you, control your life, control things? I mean, I heard about a church not too far from here that wants to see your W-2 form. Wow. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that's a control that a church wants over people God never intended. You say, what if that pastor hears about it? Spring it. 
hears about what you said. So we're not about control. And, and one of the things that I have to remember, I have to remember as a pastor is, you know what, I am a shepherd, but I'm not the shepherd, I'm an under-shepherd. He's the shepherd. As a matter of fact, you know something? I'm, you're not my sheep, you're his. You're his. And sometimes I go to God and go, hey, you notice what one of your sheep's doing, God, over here? So, so I understand I'm an under-shepherd, but I'm also one of his sheep. So we're not about control in this church, but we do want you to feel the weight of ownership here at the bridge. Now, every pastor couldn't preach this series I'm preaching because they'd kick him out. They'd fire him. Do you know a lot of churches feel like that they get a pastor to do the ministry? We hired somebody to do the ministry. We hired somebody to do the visiting. We hired somebody to bury the dead. We hired somebody to marry the in love. We hired somebody to do all the counseling. We hired somebody to build a fellowship hall. We hi- you know, it's amazing when you go uh, as a pastor, when you go for an interview uh, with a deacon board or with the leaders of a church, the questions they ask. You ever, you ever done a building program before? No, God never called me to do a building program. Do y'all know what this building would look like if I had, if I had been in charge? <laughs> Not good. That's why Jim Gilligan's gifted in that area. And so what the church has done here is they have understood what my calling is and let me fulfill my calling. And they've gotten out of the way, and and they've brought people in uh, to do things that Pastor Farrell is not his gift and that he was never, ever called to do. It's amazing. It's amazing how churches view. And the Bible talks about this, and Jesus talked about it when he talked about a hireling. Because a hireling, when, when he does what he does because he's been hired, when the wolf comes, he will run. When the wolf comes, a hireling will run. But an owner... I got to tell you guys, I own the vision. I want you to own the vision of this church. Because when the wolf comes and you're an owner, you will stand up. And you will bow up. And you will go brave hard on him. Okay? But that's what owners do. People who are in it for themselves run when the enemy comes. They run when the wolf comes. We understand here at the bridge, that challenging you to take on this kind of responsibility is foreign to a lot of you here. When you think about your church experiences and your past church experiences and your previous church experiences and where you've been to church before, this is kind of a foreign idea to you, but it's important that you understand the mindset God has built into the leadership and into the uh, people of this church called the bridge. Here's what we're sure of. Here's what we're sure of. If you're sitting out there right now going, you know, I get it, I get it, I get it, but man, what about me? Pastor, I understand. I want to own it. I want to own it. I, I don't want to focus on me, but I mean, I mean, I need God too, Pastor. I mean, it isn't just about me giving, 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 serving, 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 is it? Listen to this. God is going to bless you immeasurably when you invest your life in the local church. I believe in the local church. I believe in the local church. And I know, listen, there are people who say, you know, we have church in our home. And uh, I know some people who, 
you know, they do that kind of thing. But, but I got to tell you, the Bible talks about one another's. As a matter of fact, there's over 50 one another's in the Bible, how we're to treat one another. And I don't know how you do that when you're not in a local church. I don't know how you obey those commands when you're not a part of a local church. And a lot of times, those people who isolate themselves like that, and I'm not here to pick on anybody. I know you know some people like that too. When they isolate themselves like that, I've noticed that when they really get in crunch time, they call on the local church. And the local church rises up and writes checks. And the local church rises up and goes and serves. And the local church rises up and brings meals. And the local church uh, picks up where they had to leave off. I love Billy Graham, but Billy Graham's ministry wouldn't exist without the local church. Are y'all with me out there? How many of y'all like uh, Dr. James Dobson and Focus on the Family? Without the local church, it would not exist. This ministry would not exist. Campus Crusade for Christ is what is called a parachurch organization. How do they make it? Local church. Local church. God does his greatest work through the local church. Listen to me. When you, and you say, well, I don't have to invest my life in this church. Didn't say that. You sure don't. Matter of fact, the church you invest your life in ought to be the church God's led you to. If God's led you to a church and it's not this church, go there and invest your life in that church. But God is going to bless you immeasurably when you invest your life in a local church. There's no greater cause than the local church. Some of you have asked yourself, am I called to belong to the bridge? We believe that whether you belong here or not or whether you choose here or not, we believe it's a leadership of the Holy Spirit. That's why I tell people in our 101, used to be called 101, now it's called D1, our D1 class, Dessert with the Staff, you know, don't stand up here on this stage. Have y'all been here when we took owners in on Wednesday nights? Don't stand up here on the stage and become an owner of the bridge until you believe God has released you in that area, that God has led you there. You say, well, can I still serve if I'm not an owner? We will work you like a rented mule. Now, I've promised you all that. <laughs> I've promised you that. Matter of fact, we have some jobs in our church that the only prerequisite is a pulse. <laughs> Amen. There are jobs like that in all organizations. But we believe that God will, will put a, a a sense in you that I belong here. Now, when we put it this way, and, and when I put it the way I've been putting it, and when I explain it the way I've been explaining it this morning, you, you can see how seriously we take ownership in this church. Commitment is a rare commodity these days. Would you agree with that? Nobody wants to commit to anything. So it wouldn't surprise any of us this morning uh, that church membership is a low priority to many believers. Many people who follow Jesus, uh, membership is a low priority. And as we know, it's pretty common for Christians to move from church to church and never really submit themselves to the care of deacons or the care of elders, as is spelled out clearly in the Word of God. We are used to seeing people who never commit themselves to a group or a body of believers. But I want to say again, I want to reiterate to you, there are many blessings and opportunities that flow from a commitment to a local church. I'm just going to tell you, I believe God is pleased when a person says, 
Okay, I don't agree with everything. We'll just use the bridge here. Don't agree with everything at the bridge. I don't agree with everything Pastor Farrell says. I don't agree with every pair of shoes he wears. I don't agree with every way they handle things, but you know, in my prayer time and in my quiet time and in my discussions with my family, I'm just sensing that this is where God wants us to settle down. Now, here's what I believe. I believe that while you're here, and I know we have a lot of military people here, and you're kind of here for a while, and then you're gone, and I understand that. But here's, how, here's what I believe. This is my personal opinion, Farrell Hardison, chapter 2, verse 7. I believe that wherever you are, you ought to join that, the ownership of that church. And then serve that church. Then when you move, you have to move somewhere, that I will help you. I will help you. I will go online and help you. I've helped a lot of people who have moved away, and they said, Pastor, I want to find a church as near like the bridge as I can, and so I will help them find a church. And then I tell them, what you want to do is leave your membership, leave your ownership here, and say, thank you for my time at the bridge, and then give yourself there. Give yourself there. And I know a lot of us, you know, we want to be a member of our home church where we were little. And, uh, you know, I understand that and I understand the sentimentality of all that. But I got to tell you something, guys. We don't have much time. And wherever we're going to give our whole heart, we need to go ahead and decide and give our whole heart. So we're asking you for that. We're putting that out there. Now let's talk about real quickly here, about the definition of church ownership. And let's talk about it from a biblical perspective. I'll tell you something I noticed in the Bible. I noticed in the Bible that when somebody trusted Jesus as their personal Savior, that that person became a member of the body of Christ when? Right then. Standing up here on this stage and becoming an owner of the bridge doesn't make you a Christian. Baptizing you doesn't make you a Christian. I mean, we could take you out to the pond and baptize you every week till the tadpoles know your social security number. I have no idea what that means, but we can ba baptism doesn't make you a Christian. Standing up here on the stage, joining a church. Have you ever seen a church where they go at the end of the service, anybody who wants to join the church come up here, and you go up there and you sign a card and shake the preacher's hand and he gives you the idea that's heaven. You're going to heaven now. Man, that is some messed up teaching right there. You become a member of the body of Christ when you receive Christ as your personal Savior. I've noticed in Scripture that when a person is united to Christ and to other members of the body in this way, they become qualified because of their relationship with Jesus Christ to become an owner or member of a local expression of that body. And that's who we are. Listen, that's who the bridge is. We're not the body of Christ. We're a local expression of the worldwide body of Christ that belts this globe. There are Christians all over the world, all over the world. And you know, we look around in America and we think America's, you know, moving away from God and moving away from Christianity. And I feel that too. I sense that too. And it burdens my heart. But I want to tell you that in other places in the world, there's revival going on. There's revival going on. One of the greatest revivals you'll ever read about, and I challenge you to read about it, is going on in China right now. In China. And you know who it's led by? Teenagers. 
teenagers are leading massive churches that don't even have a roof. They meet in the woods. They meet in the forest, and the teenagers teach, and the teenagers lead, and the teenagers risk their lives. It's one of the most incredible People say, man, I wish there'd be a movement of the Holy Spirit like there was in Acts 2. You just aren't there. There is one going on like it did in Acts 2. It's just in here. It's going on in China. And the news media is beginning to pick up on it. And I'm telling you right now, Christianity is growing so fast in the nation of China that it is it is like a wave washing over communism in that country. The communists cannot stop it. They cannot stop it. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that great? You know why? I'll tell you why. Because the people that are in those local expressions of the body of Christ are not members who are focused on their rights, but they are owners who are focused on their responsibility in the kingdom of God. It isn't about them. It's about others. When a person becomes an owner of the bridge, that person is making a formal, personal commitment to the vision of this church. When you stand up here, you're not saying the bridge is perfect. You're not saying Farrell's perfect. You're not saying the staff is perfect. As a matter of fact, I may have ticked you off. One of the other staff members may have ticked you off. Somebody else here in the church may have ticked you off. And the Greek word for that is ticked off. So write that down. So I got news for you. You can leave here because you got ticked off. You're gonna get ticked off at the next church if you stay there long enough. I'm just going to a church where everybody is perfect. Well, then you're going to mess it up if you go. Don't go. Don't go. <laughs> just leave them alone. If, you know. there, isn't, there isn't that perfect church. There isn't that perfect church. Quit trying to find the perfect church. Quit going, you know, I would, you know, become an owner there at the bridge, but I don't know. I don't know, I'm just kind of waiting for pastor to say something that's going to click, you know, or something. I just, you know, I think sometimes we use that as an excuse because we're afraid of commitment. Because when you stand up here and become an owner, you just took it to an H&L. You just made a, uh, that's a whole nother level, by the way. Um, you, you just said publicly, I believe in the vision of this church. I believe in the heart of this church. I believe in the values of this church. I believe in the ministries of this church. When you become an owner, you are publicly identifying with this specific local body of believers and its God-ordained purposes. Listen, we would never ask you to agree with everything we do. I've done stuff, and later I didn't agree with it. Have you ever done anything and looked at yourself in the mirror and go, why did you do that? Sometimes I don't like me. Sometimes I tick me off. Come on, I'm preaching now. It's hard to leave yourself. Let me give you some purposes of the local church. Let's go through these real quick and then we'll just stop. Four purposes of the local church. Number one is scriptural instruction. Scriptural instruction. Now you'll notice today I haven't really read any scripture but I'm giving you a lot of scripture references that I hope you'll go home. But you've got to go somewhere and get some scriptural instruction. You, you gotta, you got to go somewhere where you can ask questions. You say, well, we kind of do our thing at home, and I put this DVD on. Well, you don't say that, but somebody might be saying that. Well, I put my DVD in with them. But you, you need to be able to interact. You need to be able to, you need to, be able to talk to somebody who, 
can lead you to a place you aren't scripturally and lead you to an understanding you don't have scripturally. That's why the church is so important. It's like a, it's like a, a three-legged stool. Anybody ever made a two-legged stool? And if you did, how'd that work for you? Not too good. It doesn't work too good because here's what we think. I'm committed and I've got convictions. I'm committed and I've got convictions. Everybody say that with me. I'm committed and I've got convictions. Now, so let me ask you, you said that. How many of you still mess up? Amen. And the rest of you didn't raise your hand. You just messed up because you lied. So all of us, all of us, Commitment and conviction, commitment and conviction, commitment and conviction. I have convictions in my life. I've made commitments in my life, and I still mess up because there's another leg to that stool that will make it stand, and that is connections to other people. And that's where the local church comes in. I need other people to say, Farrell, where are you going? I need other people in my life to say, Farrell, that's not a good decision. You're going to invest in what? You're going to buy buy what? Hey, Farrell, I I hear you, man, but can, can we talk about that? Because I think if you go ahead with that now, I think that could be a mistake. So as your friend who loves you, I love you, Farrell, because you have made commitments in your life. I love you, Farrell, because you have convictions in your life. But, Farrell, can I be a connection in your life and tell you that convictions and commitments aren't enough? You need other people in your life. Because I'm going to mess up, and I need you to help me. And you're going to mess up, and you need me to help you. So we need scriptural instruction. Number two, let's look at the second purpose. Serving and edifying others. Serving and edifying others. Scripture references there. Um, we just talked about this morning going to Oklahoma. I don't know people in Oklahoma. I don't know very many people in Oklahoma. I don't know that I know anybody in Oklahoma that was affected by the tornadoes. But our folks are getting together. We've had people who have sent me messages. Pastor, can I go? Can we go? Can we get a trip up? Let's go get, get some people there. So we're working on that right after this service. You go over there in the original worship center. And Jim and uh, Jim uh, Bryant, Jim Gillikin, our executive pastor, and Jimmy Bryant, our outreach pastor, they're going to talk to you about how you can do that. Now, everybody can't go, but everybody could write a check. And Pastor Andy said today that you guys could give at the kiosk, and he said you could give online. Let me just give you one other way. Get an envelope out of the chair in front of you and give it right now. Give it before you leave. Go to the Connect Center. Leave your offering there. That's why we need each other. That's why we need a local church. You know, if there's some of those people in Oklahoma right now who do home church and they say, oh, there's no there's no uh, local church spiritual enough for me. There's no local church. You know, all local churches are messed up, so we just have church in our house. And I'm not I'm not saying you can't do that. I'm just saying that I don't think that's the best way. I guarantee you those people right now are going, I need the local church. Amen? I need the bridge to come down here. And probably local churches in their community that they've rejected and probably talked about and criticized, boy, they're thanking God for those local churches right now. I believe in the local church. I believe God does his greatest work through the local church. Number three, we participate in the ordinances of the church. And what are the ordinances of the church? Baptism. 
baptism. We celebrate with each other. We celebrate with each other in baptism and communion. And then the fourth reason for the local church is to proclaim the gospel to those who are lost, those who don't know Christ. That's our job as a church to what? Jesus said, go and what? Make disciples. Go make disciples. And part of the discipleship process is getting an unsaved person saved. That's your first step in discipleship. And then after that, you get them rooted and grounded in God. So when a person becomes an owner of the bridge, here's what they're saying. They're saying, I'm submitting myself to the care. I'm submitting myself to the instruction. I'm submitting myself to the authority of the biblically, not perfect, but biblically qualified leaders that God has placed in that church. Now, I've already told y'all, I'm not going to always be a leader. You're going to have another leader up there up here one day. So it's not about you following me. It's about you following whoever God puts in this church and ordains to be the leader of this church. And again, you hold him accountable. You hold her accountable. You hold those people accountable. You don't, you don't ever get to a place where when a preacher speaks, you just go, if he says it, I'm going to do it. You always check everybody out. The only person that you ever say, if he says that I'm going to do it, is if you hear directly from God. Because if he says it, you need to go ahead and do it. But if I say it, you need to measure what I say against what God said. And if what I say ever is contradictory to what God said, you need to come to me in love and say, Pastor Farrell, I'm concerned about what you said because that doesn't go with the Scriptures. Y'all with me? So you're never going to find a perfect church. You're never going to find a perfect pastor. You're never going to find a perfect leader. So here's what we're asking you to do. If you've been waiting, if you've been putting it off, I want you to consider becoming an owner here at the bridge. Now, we don't ever do pressure. We don't ever put pressure on, but I'm, I'm asking you to consider becoming an owner here at the bridge because a lot of times, here's what you'll do if you don't become an owner. And, and don't misunderstand me now. If you don't become an owner again, we love you. We want you to stay. We want you to continue to help us. But a lot of times when you say, no, nah, no, nah, I'm just not going to cross that line. I'm just not going to cross that. We'll use that as an excuse and say, well, you know, I'm not an owner. You know, I think that's just for the owners. So we start using that as an excuse to withdraw from things we know God's calling us to be committed to. Does that make any sense? So pastor's calling us to commitment today. Amen, amen. The church is important. The church is essential. As a matter of fact, again, let me say, I believe God does his greatest stuff through the local church. Amen.